Did your mama ever tell you, stand up straight, pull your shoulders back? Hi, I'm Cam, holistic health coach, mom to two humans and four pets. Hi, I'm Amelia, laboratory scientist by day and food scientist by night. Welcome to our show. Join us as we share our holistic approach to life after 50. You can expect real life stories with a dash of humor and a ton of truth. If it happens in midlife, we're going to talk about it. So hit that subscribe button and follow along. We're the Midlife Mamas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's that about, Amelia? <laughs> do all moms do that? <laughs> I think that must be a mom thing, Cam, especially for girls. Uh, what what our moms wanted us to have is great posture. And if you don't have good core strength, that is incredibly difficult to do. Yes. And that is today's topic. We're going to talk about what is your core, how to optimize your core, and all the things that go along with your core. And ladies, it's way more than your visible ab muscles by your belly button. It's way more than that. <laughs> Just the hint. Yeah, absolutely. If we think about our core as being a circle of muscles around our midsection or a corset type thing, there's just a ton of things involved. So Cam, could you tell us just a few of these muscles that we refer to as our core? Well, sure. We already talked about the um, six pack and that is your rectus abdominis. That's like in the front by your belly button, but it goes way further than that. So we can also talk about your transverse, which is your lower abs. It's kind of like your seat belt, like above your pelvic bone. Mm. And gosh, that's a big complaint area in midlife. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> We've also inner and outer obliques, which are on the sides. So a lot of times, at least my experience is when I've been in some sort of group fitness class, they refer to your inner and outer obliques are things that are going to narrow your waist. So when your inner and outer obliques are strong, you're going to see a little more definition kind of on the sides, but they're definitely good to help you when you twist side to side or uh, things, those sorts of lateral movements or twisting movements, your obliques are what help you. Yeah, so those are the muscles on the front and the side, but we can't ignore the muscles on the back. So we have deep muscles in our lower back along, we also have muscles that run along our spine, and those are super important. But did you know it also includes your diaphragm? It's your muscles uh, on the bottom of your rib cage that helps you breathe. That's also part of your core strength. <laughs> That's really cool, Cam, and I don't think I would have guessed that. Uh-huh. And then this is interesting, your pelvic floor. So if you are leaking urine when you're jumping or doing different things, that is also part of the muscles in your pelvis, which help control the urine, which is also part of like when you have had babies or given birth to your uterus <laughs> or whatever. So that's also part of your core. So it includes that as well. Yeah, your pelvic floor is super important. And I have a little pelvic floor story. So, you know, not only is it not normal to leak urine when you're middle aged, which is something your healthcare provider may have said, oh, it's normal, you're aging. But um, my symptoms were actually cramping, not in not in my pelvis, like, I didn't feel like I had uh, cramps like associated with menstruation, but like almost that, in fact, I swear I thought I had a hernia. That's what I actually thought. And so mm -hmm. my, actually my Pilates instructor was like, why don't you see about getting pelvic floor physical therapy? And lo and behold, I did. And it turns out that I carry tension there. And so my pelvic floor muscles were both weak and super rigid. So I had to learn how to be flexible and strengthen them at the same time. And that's a whole nother episode in and of itself, which 
which I think we've done one time. I'll have to look up that date. Uh But your pelvic floor is super important. And if you've had babies either by C-section or uh, vaginally, there's a chance or a hysterectomy, there's a chance that these are already compromised. So that's definitely a good source to concentrate on. Yeah. Whenever we had jump ropes at the CrossFit gym or box jumps or any kind of jumping, the line to the women's restroom was out the door. Everyone would, you'd look up and the class was gone because they had to go, you know, take care. And they'd also wear dark pants on those days and not like light colored pants because leaking urine was a thing. It was a thing. But personally, I rarely experienced it. I remember one time I was doing a front squat at the bottom and I was like, what just happened? (laughs) It was heavy and I was bearing down too much. But after my hysterectomy, that was a whole other story. So they did the lap surgery and basically I gave birth to my uterus (laughs) and my ovaries, which is a whole other story. But I experienced incontinence after my hysterectomy, not from having a baby, but from birthing myself into menopause. And uh, it it was shocking. The first time I did a deadlift and I was like, what just happened? Like, or jumping. And it was just like, every time I jumped, it would just squirt out. And I was like, what is going on? So your pelvic floor is definitely part of your core. And I can test to that. So can you. Yeah, absolutely. Mine wasn't movement that pop, that um, did that little bit of incontinence. It was normally like sneezing or like sneezing more than or coughing. But anyway, sidestepping a little bit. But you know, I think of all these muscles, the pelvic floor. Actually, I guess some of the back muscles too. But it kind of is the unsung hero of your core strength journey. <laughs> Yeah, I love the lower bu- uh, the lower back muscles. So like if you're standing up from a deadlift, those erector muscles are what are keeping you erect. Literally, they're helping you stand up and hinge. So anytime you're bending at your hips, you're bending at your waist, your bottom's going backwards. Like if you're closing the car door with your arms are full and you're closing the car door and then you stand back up, those muscles are helping you do that. And they're ignored because we don't do sit-ups for those, do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, exactly. Exactly. So we've talked a little bit already. Uh, we've touched on some of the benefits, Cam, but let's talk a little bit in a little bit deeper or greater depth about the benefits of core work. Well, I would say posture. We've already mentioned that. We started the show that way. And it's so easy to be all hunched over. In fact, like right now, mm-hmm. I feel like I am. So I'm going to roll those shoulders back. Everything we do is in front of us. We don't really, yeah, there you go. She, we got our video on today. She's sitting up. And uh, so, yeah, it's part of your posture is your core as well. What do you, what else do you have? Well, the other, one of the other things is I hear a lot of women and even men our age talk about, I get up out of the bed and and my back hurts. So low back pain is a very common symptoms. Now, granted, there's a lot of other reasons you could be having low back pain, but it will be less if your core is strong. So the absence of low back pain is a huge benefit of core strength. Right. And so then once you're like moving your body better through time, space, and gravity, you have better balance, better stability, but also you have better confidence. And I don't know how you can measure that. It's just something that comes out of you because you're standing up straight and you feel good about your body. So um, that's a win. Yeah, no kidding about that. And I actually think as I began to work my core, I actually gained a little bit of height. And so um, I think I was measured a couple of times, maybe in my 40s at like 5'3". And I had two doctor's offices measure my 
height in the last year and a half at five, four and a half, or even five, five. And they were like, this isn't match what's in your chart. Is this right? And I'm like, well, as a matter of fact, I don't know, like I haven't measured my height, but it does Uh seem like with more core strength and standing up straighter that I have gained some, some, I'm less vertically challenged, shall we say, is than I was. That's amazing. (laughs) Most people get shorter. (laughs) Not Amelia. That's awesome. No, Uh exactly. And the reason they're shorter is because they're contracted and they're hunched over. So I really attribute core strength to this quote unquote height uh, change here. That's awesome. I love core strength because it helps your arms and your legs move better. And so when I was a CrossFit instructor, I always cued to uh, engage your core, which I'm going to tell you how to do in a moment. Mm -hmm. But then you can lift heavier weights safely. And that means you can gain more muscle, which is your best friend in midlife. And so if your core is nice and organized, a lot of things move better, including your arms and your legs. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything is more comfortable from sleeping to driving to whatever um, normal activities you mentioned, closing a car door and lifting groceries. It Everything works better when your core is strong. So let's just talk a little bit too about, um, do you want to go with uh, the movements or, or how to strengthen or do we want to talk about organizing our core first? Well, let's talk about organizing our core first. So I want everyone to sit up straight and um, and actually want you to bring your shoulders up to your ears because maybe you walk around life like this. I know I did when I was going through a divorce. And then I want you to pull those shoulders away from your ears and think about a line from your ears to your shoulders to your hips and your heels if you're standing or just to your hips if you're sitting. So that's the first part. You got to get your shoulders out of your ears. They are not how you breathe. I think I was walking around all hunched up with my right shoulder to my ear for many years. So first of all, that's first. And so you have more room to breathe that way as well. And then next, I want you to pull the bottom of your ribs towards your pelvis, towards your belly button. Mm-hmm. And you're I still like standing it. up straight. Yeah, it's like an internal corset or belt or mm-hmm. whatever. But you should be able to breathe, move, talk. You should be able to move your arms while your shoulders are away from your ears and your ribs are pulled towards your belly button. So that is a great way to start. And I would encourage you to practice like throughout the day. Just like have a posture check. You're at your computer working, working, working. Are your shoulders in your ears? Are you sitting up straight? Can you pull your ribs down and engage your core and still operate? So that's what I would suggest. And I love this. And I've got two other things that for my posture, for my body confirmation, let's call it that, that I do. One of the things is trying to keep my ears over my shoulders. And I tend to have a kind of a forward set head. If you saw my profile, my head would actually be more over my chest than over my shoulders. So I have to think about tucking my chin and think about my ears kind of on puppet strings so that I'm actually lifting from the back of my head. Now, everybody didn't have that trouble. In fact, one of my daughters is conformed like that and one is not. So that's another thing. And when you actually organize in the way that Cam described, including the placement of the head over your shoulders, you will almost automatically feel the pulling up of your low abs so that it keeps you kind of tight and and, and controlled. At least I do. And one of my favorite times to practice this is when I'm driving, because I can really think about that postural alignment from the top of my head down, basically to my seat, my seat bones or whatever you call those. So, um, and I, you have to practice it because if you're already in a bad habit, like I was for like between ages, maybe 15 and 50, um, those are really hard. Those, those muscular patterns may be, 
uh, ingrained in a way that's really not in alignment. So it does take a little bit of work. It has for me. I love, yeah, I totally agree. I love the chucking the chin. My massage person always talks about that. We're so forward. And I forget the stat, like how much your head weighs, every degree it moves mm-hmm. forward. It's crazy. Yeah. So we don't want to like a hunch in our upper back. So let's, let's avoid that. I love that. And pulling your ears up. I can feel stretching across the back of my neck. I really, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Love it. Another thing I like to do is try, and this is just a visual. It's, it's kind of a, an imaginary thing that I think about rotating my collarbones up to open my sternum between my collarbones and like the middle of my chest. Because when we're full, when our head is forward and we're hunched over, we kind of collapse into that sternum. So that's something brand new. I've learned, Cam, is to try to think about just like the, the tips of my collarbones or headlights, and I'm pointing that up so that it's all like in alignment. So continue. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in. (laughs) No, that's great. I I would just say before you pick up anything, practice organizing your core because you can pick up a bag of groceries and tweak your back and that's just Mm -hmm. no good. But if you're in the gym, definitely do it. So I want you to practice pulling those shoulders down, pulling those ribs towards your belly button and pulling that chin back, making sure you're organized and tight like your muscles are quote unquote on before you pick up Mm -hmm. anything. And you'll be amazed at how much better and easier it is in the gym. And then you'll be able to pick up heavier weights, which uh, will help you grow bigger muscles. So it's like a win all over. Absolutely. This is such such great. I'm practicing it as we speak, which is awesome. Um, so let's move into a little bit of now that we've learned how to organize per se, let's talk about some movements that can help us strengthen this area. Well, heads up, it's not sit-ups. Sit-ups is not what we need to be doing. You can exercise your core from a sitting position or a standing position. And sit-ups are just like crunching an area. It's, I don't know, it's not functional fitness. And so you can do other things. Here's an example of how you can do something from sitting or standing. Um, You can hold a weight over your head or not, but you can march, just simply marching. Even Mm. in a chair, you could hold something above your head. Uh, from standing or sitting and marching. So you're going to address that lower ab area for sure. Or you could do knee raises. Any of those kind of things would help you um, organize your core or strengthen your core without doing (laughs) sit-ups. Yeah, that's really good, Cam. And for those people that are stuck in the, actually, I went to group fitness class probably in the 90s. And when I would do sit-ups or even crunches, I would, um, you talked about pulling your ribs down. I would really pop my ribs out and really um, almost crunch into my lower back in order to get that momentum to do the sit up or the crunch. And I see now that that was kind of antithesis to what we want to do because it put strain on my low back instead of strengthening anything. So caveat, if you're still kind of stuck in that paradigm, it can actually do more harm than good. I agree with you. And we used to use a mat. It's like a little pillow on the ground. It's called an ab mat. And I do have one in the gym and I use it for other reasons, but we would put it in the lumbar, like the lower back. So it would be like a pillow that would fit in that curve. But the problem was it rotated my my tailbone on the ground. And I can't tell you how many raspberries I got on my tailbone. You get in the shower and you're like, what is that? The first time it happened, I was like, what is happening? And I have huge, I actually have scars up my spine. We were in an outdoor competition. Yes. And you could see actually my vertebrae. I have three scars up my back from doing sit-ups in a competition on the hard ground. So yeah, just don't do it. (laughs) Well, so we know what not to do because it can cause harm. So what are some of the things we can do that's really effective? 
I love anything plank and planks are amazing because you can scale them so many ways. You can do them on an elevated surface like a wall or a table or a bench, something like that. Or if you're on the ground and a full plank is too much strain on your shoulders or your abs or wherever, your back, then you can certainly um, move to your knees, but still maintain that straight plank position just from your knees. I think that's great. Do you ever do planks on your forearms, Cam? Is that an appropriate position? Yeah, absolutely. And when you're doing that or your hands, just make sure your shoulders are stacked. So you want to keep everything stacked. You know, shoulders over your hands or shoulders over your elbows. But yes, absolutely. And when you're in that plank position, you can create more tension. Don't forget to engage your core. So you can actually pull those ribs down when you're in that plank position and you'll feel everything turn on. It's really good. Awesome. My biggest challenge with the with a plank is my head position. So I tend to want to drop my head between my like almost where my chin is on my chest exactly. And then that's not really good. So so I've experimented with plank on my forearms, plank on my hands, and just kind of using a focal point like a few inches ahead of where I am so that I'm not really dropping my head down too much. Planks, I've got to be honest, I know they're challenging for everyone. I know I'm not special, but with my, um, my upper back curve, it just feels especially difficult for me sometimes. I I hear you. And it is important to keep your head in line with your neck, aligned with your back. So you do want to have a straight line from the side. Absolutely. And actually you could, um, round your upper back a little bit and that creates more tension in your back Mm -hmm. muscles when you're in a plank position. And that might Mm -hmm. also be helpful. If the more muscles are turned on, the easier it's going to be. And so maybe try that and see if you can get more of your back muscles turned on and engaged as well. That's a, that's a great idea. But also in plank, we can actually move in a plank to create more effective effectiveness. So give us a couple of ideas of how we can move our plank. I love moving my plank. So um, in a plank position, you can tap your opposite shoulder. Those are called shoulder taps. Or you can take an object and drag it from uh, underneath your plank. Grab your opposite hand and drag it the weight to the opposite side of your plank. Those are awesome. I did these today, plank shuffles. And so... I did a push-up on the bench, and then I shuffled a few steps. So you're moving your plank, and and then you do another push-up. You don't have to do the push-up, but just moving your plank in a shuffle position side-to-side is interesting. Yeah, yeah, because we're not used to moving side-to-side. So that was like I'd use my brain and my body, (laughs) which was good. (laughs) Yeah, and then push-ups. I love push-ups. They are wonderful. And do you do push-ups? Are they equally valid on your hands? Can you do push-ups on your hands or, I mean, like on your feet or your knees? Is that okay? Absolutely. I I prefer to do an elevated surface. So I'm staying in that full plank position, but my hands are on something. And so it's easier. It will be easier. And as you get stronger, you can move your plank Mm -hmm. lower and lower. So many, many years ago, like 2009, 10, when I first started CrossFit, it was standard procedure to do push-ups on your knees. Push-ups are hard. It took me a long time to get push-ups and they go away if I don't practice them. So it's like a constant, I have to constantly work on those. Anyway, at some point we said no more knee push-ups because you never want to get, it's too easy. It's like you're just knocking them out and then you'll never like go to the full plank. And so if you find the knee push-ups have gotten easy for you, then try a full plank on an elevated surface and then low, slowly work to a lower surface and get that whole plank position because it's different. You use different muscles. You use more muscles in a full plank. Anyway, that's my speech on that. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah. So, so those are, you can move your plank in so many different ways. You could also do a row where you either have a weight in mm. your hand or not, but you're in a plank position and you bring the weight to like your mm. rib cage, alternating arms. So anytime that you can move body parts while you're still in that plank position, it's just like bonus, bonus activity. But I'd like to go back to the hysterectomy story because it's like you don't have to do hardcore exercises to actually get stronger and see improvements. Post-hysterectomy, I really worked on doing dead bugs. Have you done dead bugs before, Amelia? I had to read your description of them in the notes to know what that was. But yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So you're laying on your back and your arms and your legs are up. So your legs are bent at 90 and your arms are just straight and you're simply moving your arms and your legs away from your middle. You're alternating. So like your left arm and your right knee and then bring it back to the middle and then your left hand and your right knee. And you're just moving your arms and your legs away from your core. And while you're doing that, you've got your ribs pulled down and your lower backs pushed Mm -hmm. into the ground. But it was amazing to really help with pelvic floor strength again. So that was one of the movements that I really leaned into post-hysterectomy. So I stopped peeing my pants <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> yeah. that That's really good, Cam. And that would be, I that exercise is another one where I have to be reminded to pull my lower ribs in because I will want, when I do that sort of exercise, my tendency is to rock my pelvis back and forth, which is in essence, moving my low back instead of, like you said, pushing it into the floor or the mat. So really good, good uh, ideas there and ways to make sure that we're safe doing these core exercises. Yeah. And, and this is such a gentle movement. You would think, well, what is this doing? Like I'm not sweating. I'm not healing on the ground. Like what's happening. And it's actually, you're just moving, you're using the weight of your arms and legs to organize your core and bring them back to the center. And it's really quite amazing. Again, keeping those ribs down is important. We don't want our ribs to flare out. That's not how we walk through life. So keeping them tucked in, it's challenging. Let me tell you, it's challenging. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly is from my experience. And what about almost like the flip of that, where you're maybe on all fours and maybe extending on a right arm and a left leg or something like that? Would that be kind of similar or something else we could, we could do? Absolutely. And that's called um, bird dog. And that's from the yoga world Mm. as well. And both of these movements are like after you have a baby, (laughs) but it also works at this stage, especially if you're having little leaks, this will uh, help um, tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I do the all four things, both um, bird dog, as you mentioned, and sometimes I'll throw in a little glute exercise where I extend one leg behind me and just lower it to the floor and then raise it up, kind of engaging that gluteal fold. But in order not to sink on your standing leg, um, you have to engage a lot of core strength and a lot of what my Pilates instructor calls... um, your diagonal. So if you're extended one arm or one leg, you have to, you know, kind of think of the diagonal connection from shoulder to hip so that you're not sinking down on one side. And it's very challenging. I mean, in fact, I, I would love to tell you that I did like a few minutes of core work every day, but that's really not true, but I really need to. (laughs) I don't either, but really if you're working out in the gym, like things like deadlifts or front squats, those are very core organizing and strengthening. Um, After the hysterectomy, I didn't realize how 
impacted my core was until I tried to return to the gym. Deadlifts, I felt it in my core, not my legs. Rowing, mm-hmm. I felt in my core. Like every mm. like when they cut through your skin <laughs> and, and in your muscles, sure. you understand how connected. So you don't have to like do quote unquote core exercises to get a strong core. What I would propose oh, is you organize true. your core before you exercise and then you'll get the benefits of working your core, quote unquote. <laughs> That's really good Good to know because I feel like we're all pressed for time and sometimes we're like, I just don't have time for more work. So, but, you know, honestly, just given the exercises that we've talked about today, I bet I could do three or four exercises in five to seven minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's not a lot of time if I just tack that on to maybe, you know, an upper body weight day or whatever, and, and that would be super beneficial. I agree. And I love doing core work like after a walk, like, you know, or if you have five minutes in Mm. work and you just need to do something, you can work your core very quickly and it can be very effective and it doesn't take a lot of time. You don't have to change clothes. You don't get sweaty, all the things like that. So give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think we're all one of the things that's most disconcerting, not most disconcerting, but one of the disconcerting things is that little bit of a spare tire that could could creep up around your middle. And while, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, core work isn't going to spot reduce you. It's definitely going to help. You know, if you're, if you're engaging your core and strengthening those muscles, you know, it's going to help no matter what, even if we can't spot reduce in those pesky areas. I wish we could spot reduce, but I think it'll help you move better and you can move more weight and all the, and the confidence and all the other things that we mentioned earlier. I wish it would work that way, but it does not. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. Yeah, me too. But oh, well, I I know I'm not going to complain because we work hard no matter what, but yeah, I really appreciate all these tips on core workouts, Cam, because I think we can all benefit from them. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at midlife.mamas. For all of our other contact info, check out the show description below, and we will talk to you next week.